if I could pick one word, I would say rejuvenating. I just really felt like I was able to like zoom out on my life and see things that I wanted to change. And I think traveling in general will do that to you. Like when you start to return back to your quote unquote normal life after being away and having um, clarity on how you were living, things that you want to change are just so apparent. And I, I had never actually slowed down for that long. Like taking a full week for yourself and journaling for those many days and um, just learning from you, Val and Meg and taking the time to reflect on that, on that each night just opened up so many different places in my heart that I hadn't tapped into before. Welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. We are Jess and BJ, and this is where we share stories of people looking, finding, and living their purpose. One of the most beautiful storylines of finding purpose is when something falls into our field, asking us to step up and show ourselves to the world in a bigger way. And one of the greatest blessings for BJ and I being stewards of Yogi Triathlete is when we get to offer that platform to an athlete or coach. In the case of today's guest, Melissa Gans, the latter is most relevant to this episode, Although as an athlete, I'm sure she's feeling a trickle effect of benefits from her new role. Melissa is the newest addition to Yogi Triathlete's coaching team. She started with us on January 1st, and her magnetism as a coach has attracted spectacular athletes to her roster so far. We love having her on the team alongside coaches Daniel, Chef Linda, BJ, and myself. The other piece we love so much is how it all went down. Melissa and I connected on Instagram a few years ago. And I had the honor of spending seven nights and eight days with her on retreat last year in Costa Rica. Of course, now I understand that that experience poured the foundation for our expanded relationship that began last fall. On November 28th, we launched the O Show, announcing that we wanted to hire a running coach. On December 5th, Melissa posted an Instagram post that said she was looking to take on athletes for coaching. I saw the post the following day. I immediately sent her a DM to see if she was open to talking, which she answered, absolutely. But even before her response, I knew the person I described in my ask to the universe was just delivered. However, in all that is universal love, Melissa is everything we ask for and more. Not only is she a long-distance runner and coach, but she is also a triathlete and herbalist, currently finishing her master's in clinical herbal medicine at Maryland University of Integrative Health. Melissa's coaching surrounds running, strength training, cross training, mobility, whole body wellness, and herbal consultations for athletes who seek optimal human performance. Her philosophy focuses on pushing the boundaries we draw for ourselves and stepping past resistance. And I think those are the perfect words to wrap up this intro and dive in with yogi triathlete, coach, and herbalist, Melissa Gans. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thanks, Jess. Oh man, I've been listening to intros and everyone's amazing reactions to them and I'm having the same experience I'm like beaming right now just soaking it in thank you (laughs) I want to hear more I want to jump right in I want to hear more about this story about how you came to because I wasn't there in Costa Rica how you came to actually connect with us in social and then make it to um, Costa Rica and have that experience and then where you are today 
So how'd that all, how'd that all play out? Sure. Yeah. So COVID was a very, um, regenerative time for me. I was furloughed for three months and during my furloughed time, I was doing tons of yoga and running a lot because I, I had so much free time. Um, and one thing I was also doing is listening to a lot of podcasts. So I would just go for long walks in the woods, <clears throat> listen to yoga podcasts, um, a lot of like different mindset stuff. Uh, Eckhart Tolle was paired up with Oprah at one point. So I was listening to a ton of that. And Spotify does this thing where they will cross podcasts into your view that they think you'll be interested in. And, and you guys popped up. I was like, Yogi Triathlete. I was like, all right, let me, let me give this a listen. So I get to listening and I just like completely aligned with everything you guys talk about. I mean, um, coaching, nutrition, taking care of the body, presence, training with a sense of presence, um, choosing trust over fear in any day, in any situation. So I was just, I was super drawn and I, I did the podcast binge and I was also very inspired. I had a friend who actually um, had just gotten into triathlon. So I was already kind of curious about tries. Um, also, I had never cycled before in my life. So coincidentally, during that, during that same time, um, my stepdad was like, Melissa, you you know, you run all these miles. Like, why don't you try getting on a bike? I was like, all right, like, why not? So we started riding like 10 miles a day, bumped it up to 15. Um, and then this is actually hilarious. He has a like professional level tandem bike, like a two seater. So we would go out probably like my first month of riding on these 50 mile rides where he would put in like probably 80% of the work and I'm putting in 20. But I, I had this like beautiful experience of what it was like to go on long rides, like that, like freedom, um, getting to see so much. And oh my gosh, I fell in love with cycling. So as this is happening and as I'm listening to you guys, I decide I want to dive headfirst into triathlon. Um, and with that, I started hearing about the retreat. And I signed up like almost immediately. I think it was the first time I heard that you were doing it. I was like, oh, I'm going. Like, no doubt I have to go. So I did. And it was like very transformative for me. I was dabbling in meditation um, before I went. But that really like put a shift in me to meditate more. Because um, I saw what it did for my, did for me, my relationships, um, my relationship with triathlon, um, my level of stress and just like being able to move through my day moment to moment. And yeah, it's, it's been crazy. Can you speak to that uniqueness of being on retreat where you're just, you're stepping away from the world and you're in this very contained space 
where we are literally sleeping, breathing, talking, practicing, everything is high vibrational from the food to the talk to the practices. Can you speak to the power of being on retreat? Because it's a huge personal investment financially, huge personal investment with time. Um, you know, if people have kids, if they have animals, they've, you've got to, you've got to arrange your life in a way where you can step away from it. And you are one of the people who did that. Can you speak to the power of, of being on the other side of that decision? Yes. Um, I think I'm like, as you were saying that I had my eyes closed and I was thinking about the nature there and how beautiful it is. Um, I have to share one moment. I remember we were in the nature studio um, down below the resort. And this is a studio where we practice yoga and we are completely outside. Like I was covered in mosquitoes, somehow embracing all of it. Um, But I'm in Downward Dog and I'm looking past and up through my feet. And there are those howler monkeys like in the vision through my feet. Um, and yeah, I just, if I could pick one word, I would say rejuvenating. I just really felt like I was able to like zoom out on my life, um, and see things that I wanted to change. And I think traveling in general will do that to you. Like when you start to return back to your quote unquote normal life after being away and having um, clarity on how you were living, things that you want to change are just so apparent. And I, I had never actually slowed down for that long. Like taking a full week for yourself and journaling for those many days and um, just learning from you, Val, and Meg and taking the time to reflect on that, on that each night just opened up so many different places in my heart that I hadn't tapped into before. Was there any moment that was, you felt the tendency of the world come in where you wanted to check your phone, you wanted to get back into the hustle, you wanted to see if somebody had emailed you? Did you, did you feel that urge? And one, <laughs> did you act on it? And if you did act on it, did you have a different demeanor in that reaction? Yes. Um, so Jess knows this while we were on retreat during the morning, I would, I would skip a lot of the morning yoga practices to go run on the beach. And looking back on that, I shouldn't have been running on the beach. I should have been there to do all of it because I would step back from the yoga. I would go run on the beach. And I remember this. It was when, um, I was like, I was getting sick and my performance on the beach running was terrible. Like I, I had super quote unquote, like slow paces. And I remember like getting off the beach and beating myself up. Like what's wrong with me? Like, why am I so slow? Like checking Strava, looking at my whoop that by the way, I have not used in almost a year now. Um, just like filling myself with data getting distracted by numbers that are irrelevant 
letting the ego like really like soak in and take over. And then I would get back to my room and see that, like just see it for what it was. And I had this feeling come over me like, all right, I see you. Do you serve me? No. Like, that's not why we're here. We're here to come back to um, our essence. And that does not matter. That does not define you. So yes, I did get distracted. And um, I saw it for what it was. And I, I wanted to recircle. I'm so glad you shared that. I think that was such an important part of your experience, though, in your retreat. And something that we say on the first night when we gather together is like, and we even say it in our communication prior to the retreat, we encourage you to take advantage of everything that we, that we offer. However, everything is optional because we're not here to force anything. And sometimes skipping practices to go out for a run and engage with Strava and look at your ego and all of that could very well be, well, it's not could very well. It's exactly what you needed to learn and experience. And without that, how would we know how to do it differently or have that desire to next time I'm going to make this change? And that's how we learn, right? We do things. And it's like, the most important thing is how, how can I take this experience, learn from it and apply that learning moving forward? And it's so cool to see, to be able to hear your side of the experience that you were, you know, you were learning. And, and I also feel really grateful that I get to hold a space with these two other amazing women where people do feel like what we're saying is true, like engage as we encourage you to do everything, but everything is optional and that you felt like you could do that without being judged or getting in trouble because that's not what the retreat's about. (laughs) You had plenty of judgment that you were dealing with from yourself. It certainly wasn't coming from us. So, oh, wow, that's really cool. I love that you shared that. Thank you. Of course. I love, I love the, the, uh, first of all, the honesty. I love that. That's, that's pretty awesome. But all the pieces fell into place to put you in the position you are in today. And so, yes, it wants to beat you up and say, you know, you could have done more yoga, but that wasn't what was served up. And, and to be honest, a lot of athletes, you can't get from zero to 60. You can't, you can't do that in one big leap. It's too far. You got to have your experience in between. So for you, you had to do a little bit of running and skip the yoga. Like that was your experience. That was Melissa's experience. It's not everyone's. They're all working with their own stuff. But you can't just be like, okay, I want to be Zen 100% of the time. It doesn't happen. Although as really confident, determined, gritty athletes, um, we have the willpower and believe that we can do that. Most often, it's very rare that you can make that big leap. So those little leaps that you made have brought you, you know, to this point. Um, My question is, how quickly after you left the retreat and got back home, did you either fall back into maybe a pattern that you were able to catch yourself or was it like a, was it smooth sailing? Like you got back from the trip and it's like, okay, these are the things I need to change um, moving forward on this trajectory. That's a great question. Um, so what I gathered from the trip, one of the things was that I needed to give myself more grace and 
that's something that I put to action immediately, but I still had a lot of self-judgment. I would get back to training. I wasn't, you know, where I wanted to be. Wasn't my timeline didn't feel like it was aligning with the timeline I made for myself. And I kept creating like this resistance there. And my biggest thing was to remove that. I just wanted to enjoy the sport, um, tap into what my body is capable of without ever beating it up. Like I literally (laughs) would start track workouts and before each workout and before each interval, I would tell my legs that I love them. And that sounds like so over the top, but like that is what I needed to do for myself. And my approach to training now has completely shifted. Like I, I just really think about things so differently. I execute the workouts without judgment. Every day is different. Um, and I see that. I see the patterns. I accept them. And I remember my first race after the retreat, I did not have any goals for time. My goal for the race was to just stay present and feel into obstacles. Like whatever was in front of me, just kind of move with it and not against it because every race there is going to be things that come up that make us uncomfortable. Um, And my... Yeah, my number one goal was just to to enjoy it and just feel alive. And that's it. And I I really, I've never raced that way. It was magical. It really was. So one of the cool things was that I knew you. Um, and we did some work with Ayurveda when we were down there. And to no big surprise, you were in my group. Once we figured out what doshas everybody was, you were in the Pitta group with me, which is like the overachievers. We can also be really hard on ourselves. We can be judgmental. We can overwork ourselves. We are, you know, all those wonderful qualities of fire. We can, yeah, we're really good at destruction and rebuilding. But BJ didn't know you. And, um, so when I reached out to you and, uh, I, I just said to BJ, I'm like, she's like, you're going to love this girl. She's perfect. I mean, she's, she's exactly what I envisioned. And I had a big list of what I wanted for the coach, like, uh, and you met all of them plus. So actually my question's kind of for BJ because, we all had a call. The three of us had a call together. And I think BJ, you knew like right after the call, like, oh yeah, like it's done. She's awesome. Let's bring her in. We just needed that like 24 hours to be like, okay, we need to, we need to also be business people and let's let it all marinate. But you guys have been talking every week and I just wanted to get BJ's feedback on like, having Melissa on the team, having her guiding these athletes and like what your impression is as a coach who has a ton of experience, you know, two decades in the sport, um, and you know, quite a roster of varying athletes and the things that you've navigated, what's your experience been like so far working with, with Melissa? Yeah. Um, great question. Um, refreshing, uh, I think would be a, a word to use like, um, 
something that I've noticed in uh, pulling upon these 20 years. Like, I feel like that's just like, hey, I've been in this for 20 years. Like, um, but being, um, I would say in a position and I'll treat it as like a business, you know, and, and, and owning the, owning the, um, not owning the room, but owning the, the training and owning the relationships, uh, like I did when I worked in the corporate corporate world, I could see in you things that I saw in the people that I would hire when I was a manager. Um, and it was people who were willing to learn, eager to learn, uh, not attached to how the process had to go, but um, willing to step into the unknown, which a lot of people are hesitant to do, trusting the process and being confident in, in, in knowing that in the end, you, you, you're a smart person and you know, in the end, you're going to make a decision that's, that's in the best interest for not only the the athlete, but that's going to up your game as a coach. And so when we, when we first, the first phone call, of course, old BJ shows up and it's like, well, I want to, I want to, I want to hear her talk. I want to hear like how she speaks. I want to know, you know, what she can, um, convey. Um, and there's honesty, there's like doubt, right? There's like this protectiveness of it. Um, but it was so simple. Like once we started talking, it's so easy. Um, the resistance goes down and it's just like, all right, how can I, how can I in this situation be the best, uh, play the best support role to bring her up. Um, and one thing that I, I love, I love about, um, being a manager or coaching was like, you want your people under you to be better than you. You want them to be better than you. Like that is such an important element to, to the growth of me as a, as a coach and an athlete and a human being. Um, you got it. You got to look for people that are going to elevate, um, above you. So when we spoke, yeah, I, you said all the right things. And even now that we talk every week, you know, it's not challenging at all. You're asking all the right questions. You're, you've got a lot, um, figured out already and things that you don't, you ask. Um, and also bringing your own flair to it. You know, it's not a, you know, BJ and Jess are running the show. It's like, what can you provide? What, what is your, what is your, um, exceptional qualities that you can bring into infuse into this yogi triathlete uh, community. So, I think that answers the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love that. Um, yeah, we don't want you to be like me, and we don't want you to be like Daniel or Linda or PJ. Like, and we don't want Daniel to be like anybody else but him. Like, it's all about being more of of who you are. And I just knew you two were going to work really well together because you've got that fire, and BJ's super grounded and, and, um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like what he's been used to for the last 25 years, but I want to hear from, from you, Melissa, how's it been coaching so far? Like, I mean, you came in no athletes and now you've pretty much got a full roster. Uh, how's it going so far? What are you enjoying about it? I love it. Also BJ, you're an amazing teacher. I mean that, um, yeah, I, I really enjoy working with people because for so long, I actually talked to my roommate about this last night for so long. It was about me and my training. And I always knew like 
even while I was training and in that period that I was investing so that I could learn more about the sport and show others that path. And now that I have the chance to do it, I feel so, um, so inspired even more. Like I, I love hearing people, what they're struggling with and pulling on things that I have experienced and lessons I've learned myself to, um, guide them in the right direction. Like, and I will have athletes come to me say like, you know, I'm having trouble with consistency. Um, these are the emotions I'm feeling. This is how my training is painting out of as a result. And it feels like an honor to me to be able to talk them through that and have them come back to me later that week saying, Hey, I did this workout and it felt amazing. Um, I got out the door, I took a first step and, and I executed like fully confident. So it's just been super rewarding to give back because it's not about me. It's about the relationships that I have with people. And I really, that's why we're on this earth. We're here to inspire people, learn from each other, um, navigate together. And yeah, just kind of feed off of one each other. And, and going off of that, I learned so much from the athletes that I work with too. It goes both ways. So full circle, it's just been so good. Yeah. Well, it's in giving that we receive and your work is service. Um, and you know, Yogi Triathlete's about service. It's about serving people in whatever way they're ready for. Uh, helping them move past the limitations of the mind is really kind of a, a base foundation, uh, really addressing the mindset that I believe is uh, talked about, but is a missing piece in most training plans. And so we put such a heavy emphasis on that. So you just, you started triathlon during uh, COVID, but you've been running for a long time. What, what what got you into running? When did you get into running? So I did not grow up an athlete at all. Like at all. I was a complete band nerd. Like I was first year clarinet, played piano for years. Um, in high school, I played guitar, ukulele. I still do that from time to time. But I had zero interest in sports. Like literally none. Um, what got me into running, I wanted to try out for lacrosse in high school and I did, I ended up playing lacrosse and field hockey, but I secretly only enjoyed the practices because I love to run. So we would have these, um, preseason workouts before field hockey and lacrosse even started. And a couple days a week, we would meet up as a team and go for long runs and, that was just my favorite thing ever. Like I was always leading the runs, um, during practices, like drills, suicides. I loved suicides. Like that makes no sense. No one loves suicides, but I did. And yeah, I played lacrosse and field hockey through high school. Was not super great at it. Knew that that was fine. Um, and then after high school, I ran all the time. And I would start, I think, um, in college, I would run maybe four times, three days a week or so. 
and I would just continue to stretch that. So I went to Penn State, which is um, in central PA. And well, it's known for its drinking, which I did also dabble in a lot. But there's also <laughs> there's also these amazing hiking trails, um, Roth Rock State Forest in the midst of Happy Valley. And it's crazy. If you talk to the students there, they don't even know that they're in the midst of some of the best hiking trails in the in the state, maybe like on the East Coast. Um, so as I got like later into my years there, junior and senior year, after class, I started hiking and then trail running. Um, and at first it was only, you know, a couple miles, maybe five or so. And same thing, I kept stretching the boundary there. Um, and after college, I was running like very far, like sometimes 10 miles in the woods. I know Jess uses this term too, frolicking in the woods. But that's all I ever wanted to do was just frolic in the woods, get dirty, um, like feel like tribal and uh, free. And that's what I did for a long time. And it wasn't until I'm just going all in how it all escalated. But it wasn't until I moved to um, Denver. This was 2018. I was there for a year for work. Um, I always thought like I was in super great shape until I moved to Denver. And then I was like totally encapsulated in the endurance community. Um, ultra runners. My uh, boyfriend at the time, he was training for a half marathon. Um, and I remember training with him and I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Coincidentally, um, I remember a friend of mine wanted to go watch the Boulder 70.3. And I was asking him... <clears throat> I was like, what's that? Like, oh, triathlon, three sports. Okay. Like, what's the distance? And he told me, and I was like, that's ridiculous. Like, I'm not going to watch that. And I was like, crazy people would do that. But yeah, full circle. We're doing them. Um, yeah. It's crazy how things work out like that. Was that, did you do 70.3 that year, 2018? Or did you do the full? That was the full. I did the full in 2018. 2018. Yeah. Um, in your journey as an athlete, what's been the biggest obstacle and how have you gotten to the other side of it or what have you learned from it? Great question. For me, this is something that should be so simple. I think my busy, biggest obstacle is knowing when to rest. I have literally trained myself into sickness because I will not let myself rest. But I really have overcome that lesson. Like I've, I've had enough times where I have pushed the limit and my body has spoken to me to where now I know when I need to rest and I know how important it is for absorbing fitness one. And we need to mentally rest too from the sport. I mean, it's so important to go inward. Triathlon can be such a um, heady activity. Like if you're looking at a workout you have to do, like sometimes it's head down, interval hard for two minutes, lift your head back up. All right, now I'll do it 10 more times. And that is a super heady activity. And um, our spirit needs to be filled too. So I think 
as an athlete, finding the balance there because when you do feel that side, um, the training is actually spirit led. And that's when I think things really start to change and open up. Has the cycling and swimming complemented your ability to improve your writing? Have you, have you witnessed that? Absolutely. Running's not my favorite anymore. Cycling is my favorite by like tenfold. Um, I, I feel like I notice it mostly in the pool, to be honest. Like when I'm fit in the pool, I feel like I can run forever. And my body is so restored from swimming. Um, yeah, like even on Sunday, I did a long run Sunday, Monday when we talked um, on our call, I was like, yeah, my body feels like trash. I said, but I'm getting to the pool today and I know that I'm going to feel so much better. And I did, I went to the pool. I had a great workout. Um, all of my like aches and pains in my knees that I have had for a long time are not there anymore. Now that I swim two to three days a week, um, just a little impact of cycling and swimming is amazing. I think anyone that is training for an ultra should be either cycling or swimming. I think that's like the best way to build endurance without breaking your body down as a form of cross training. I want to mention, I hope this is okay. You had a, you had to plan, you plan to swim on Sunday after your long run, but, but life, life came in. So you didn't beat yourself up. Or I, I don't know the commentary in your head, and maybe you would have beaten yourself up years ago, and maybe that relationship has changed. But the thing that we you shared with me on Monday, which I think is uh, really important to point out here, is like, so you had the plan, but it didn't come to fruition. But you make sure the next day you're into the pool because you've connected in your mind this body-mind connection that says, when I swim... I feel better. It what's not in the mind is like when I swim 3500 yards on on after my run, I need to do that, then I will feel better. It's more of this you zoom out and say it's the act, activity of the swimming that makes me feel better. So I'm going to do the things I need to do on Sunday. Yeah, it didn't it wasn't ideal in terms of training, but the next day you made a commitment to yourself to show up and get into the pool. And that right there is um I don't know if I can articulate it really well, but it's, it's something that I don't always see. Um, and I, and, and I see it as a, as a hiccup for a lot of, a lot of consistent training and consistency. Um, do you, do you experience and feel that as well? I do. Yeah. Um, and I always tell my athletes lately that your body will give you whatever you put into it. We are by no means machines, but we can make ourselves um, like well-oiled. And I think consistency and time in the pool, even just a matter of fact, will really um, keep us going. I mean, for me, like when I go multiple days without even if it's like a short run, if I don't get to that, I feel like losing that consistency, I 
don't necessarily lose motivation, but I don't feel um, like the training as is as intertwined with my life. And I want it to be just a part of my life. I don't want it to be this big hill that I have to confront and do every day. Like I want it to be like making my coffee in the morning. Like I want it to be something that's routine to me. Um, something that there's not a lot of resistance surrounding. And I think the more consistent we are with our training, the less resistance there is because we choose to move past that every day. And it just kind of becomes a habit. I want to talk about something that you posted on your story today, and you've already mentioned it once, this idea of trust over fear. And yeah, I just want you to dive into that and maybe share an experience in your life where you were able to shift that or tools that you have to be able to shift that. Sure. For me, if I am living from a heart of fear, um, the things I do and the things that come up in my life feel bigger than they need to be. Um, it's almost like if I'm living in a space of fear, all of the small things that are small obstacles, if they're beating me down and not allowing me to move forward and feel in the flow of just who I am, then I'm like almost minimizing myself to something small. If that makes sense. Um, wait, can you repeat the second part of the question again? Yeah. No, first of all, I love that answer. Um, it's so true. It's like, if we're moving from that heart of fear or fearful heart, it's like the catastrophizing mind is going to be completely in control. It's going to be the master. And so the littlest thing is going to cause that fight or flight response, which is not good for the body. It's certainly not good for training or performance. So the second part of that is tools. Tools. When you feel that, because it's not like all of a sudden we flip a switch and we're like, oh, we don't have a fearful heart because we we really live in, in a world where most of our emphasis is on scary stuff. You know, all I have to do is watch the news to see how much we sensationalize, um, you know, the darkness of the world. And that darkness exists. We just don't spend a lot of time paying attention to it because what we focus on is the invitation to what we're expanding in our life. And I'm just not interested in that. Um, It puts me in a much more powerful place to hold the light in this world when I'm not focused on the fear and the darkness. So for you, when fear shows up, what, how are you shifting into a place of trust? It starts with awareness. Um, for me, like I can feel that in myself right away. And I know that I need to use my tools Uh, Some of those tools are meditation, 100%. And um, I'm Christian, so I I enter my meditation with, yes, clear my mind, but also asking the Spirit to fill me. Um, And I, I do a lot of walking meditations. So I live in this amazing area. I live in Chester County, PA. 
Um, we have these like gorgeous back roads, horses, fields, the most beautiful running trails. Um, you know, flowers, wildflowers, tons of actually natural herbal medicine. Um, so when I feel like I'm drifting into a very like ego side, fear surrounded, um, world, I just go into the woods and I'll either sit in silence, um, go for a run with, with no music. Like if I'm in the woods, there's no music. I just listen to my surroundings, um, and tap into that. I think, Ooh, okay. So I think that in all of the technology and busyness and our corporate jobs and, um, time pressures and the demands of the world that we forget to happen to nature. Um, we are a part of nature. Like it's an extension of us. And I think coming back into that space just immediately reminds us who we are and feels our spirit back up. Mm. I love that. Well, be, well, here's the connection I'm assuming being in nature and in, and knowing there is no separateness to it is where did the, where did the desire to incorporate herbs into your, into your life come about? I have always been a nature girl. Like the woods is home to me. Um, this came up. So I had a friend, her name is Kelly. She's one of my closest best friends. Um, she was going to the school and in the program that I'm in now. And as part of her curriculum, which is, it's crazy. It's actually the class that I'm in right now. It's um, the last final class of the degree. She has to gather friends and family to do herbal consultations. So again, this was also during COVID when I was furloughed. She um, told me about her assignment, what she had to do. She had to find family, friends, consult with them. Um, talk to them about their health and then provide herbs to help with their their balance and their healing. And I was like, plants? Okay. Like you're gonna talk talk about plants and help me heal my body through plants. Like I'm into that. So I'm sitting with her. Um and we're like really diving deep, like sipping tea, back deck, July afternoon. And we start talking about biology. My undergrad is in biology. And um, I'm asking her all these questions. Like, I think we were talking about stinging nettle actually. And I was like, Oh, that's crazy. Like how can a plant growing wild help with allergies so much? And she would get into like the physiology and biology of it. And we would just be going back and forth. Um, and I was so fired up about it, like super inspired. Um, and then the following week she brought me into her garden and we pick the plants, ex- experience them, like the smells. I remember it was like pouring rain and we're out in her garden just picking plants. We we always do things in crazy weather together. Like if, if there's some crazy storm coming, <laughs> we'll go walk in the woods like barefoot. Um, she's like my soul sister, love her to death. But um, after I started taking these herbs and using them and feeling better, I just had this moment where I was with her. I was like, Kelly, I'm going to sign up and do this program. And this was all within probably a two-week span. And it was similar to 
um, like the quick decision I made to go on the retreat, I just went all in. Like I really felt a tug and had to go for it. And now you're providing herb of the week in our weekly lives yeah. that we do for the team, which is super <laughs> cool. I always look forward to those because, you know, I, I too am curious about healing from nature. You know, I, I really do feel there's a connection between the natural tendency of of um, how this universe works, and nothing needs to be <clears throat> nothing needs to be added. We we everything is provided for us. Um, and so can you speak to any, er- you know, there's not that we want to go down the, 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 talk about a bunch of herbs, but you know, there's some things that you've been incorporating into the team as, as far as uh, what's good for athletes. So is there anything that sparks your interest right now? Yeah, I can, I'll talk about herbal adaptogens because that's my jam. Um, yeah. So every week I've been doing coaches live. And we do herb of the week. And a lot of the herbs that I've talked about, they fall into this category of herbal adaptogens. Um, And adaptogenic herbs have been on and been used for thousands of years. Um, Traditional Chinese medicine and actually in Ayurveda as well. Um, In Ayurveda, they call them the Rasayana rejuvenating herbs because they bring such balance and vitality to the body. Um, so if someone were to ask me, you know, what are herbal adaptogens? I would tell them three things. They one help the body restore balance and adapt to stress. Two, they activate the body's nonspecific immune response and resistance to stressors. And three, they bring the body back to homeostasis. So if you look at our endocrine system, the goal of the endocrine system is to bring the body to balance through hormones. Um, One of those hormones is the stress hormone, cortisol. So one thing I always tell athletes, like, it's hard for us because we are... I mean, it's hard for anybody who's stressed in daily life. Like adaptogens are for anyone who have a high level of stress in their life. But it's tough for athletes because not only are we trying to balance life in general, like, you know, workload, um, cooking for ourselves, um, just driving to work, traffic, daily stressors. But we're adding a whole extra layer of also getting in 10 to 15 hour training weeks. And that can take a toll on the body. I mean, when we are stressed out or when we are going into a heavy training block, our body is constantly releasing cortisol. And one thing I have to say is that cortisol, it gets a bad rep. Cortisol is actually a great thing. It's what gets us out of bed in the morning. Um, It brings glucose to our brains. I mean, cortisol release is why I can even speak on this podcast right now because I have all that energy going to my mind. Um, but a steady release of cortisol has detriments on the body. Um, we can experience brain fog, fatigue, low libido, um, mood swings, depression, all kinds of crazy symptoms when the body goes haywire. So 
what adaptogens do is that they bring the body back to balance. If we are over creating cortisol, it will lower the creation. And if we aren't getting enough cortisol where we have low energy and actually need more, um, it will bring that back to balance. So I always talk about adaptogens because I think they're amazing. Um, they grow in super hardy tundra like environments. Like one, one of the herbs I talked about a couple of weeks ago was rhodiola. Um, the only place I've ever seen it is in Rocky mountain national park above the tree line. So the whole idea is that we are ingesting these phytochemicals of the plants and taking on their hardy qualities. I always like to tell that story because I just think rhodiola is such an amazing plant. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is clearly like a match made in heaven for athletes is to be using herbs, you know, natural medicine to help their performance. And one of the cool things which the universe delivered to us when it delivered you to us is that uh, you can help athletes do this, whether they're on Team Yogi Triathlete or not. Um, of course, I'm sure the the folks that work with you are always getting drops of wisdom here and there, which is amazing as a part of their coaching. But you are also offering consultations um, for athletes, all athletes. Yeah. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about how you're working with athletes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with my athletes now, we if they if they bring up something, let's say um, like hormone balancing or if they're experiencing fatigue, I will give them suggestions. But Jess and I have talked about taking that a step further and offering herbal consulting as an offering with herbal, with, um, Yogi triathlete. So yeah, we're going to be serving that up. It will be available. Um, we're going to start it off with having initial consultations available that you can sign up for. And if you'd like, you can also sign up for some follow-up consultations. So the whole idea here is, I meet with you. Um, I would get your health history, understand what your short-term goals are and your long-term goals for health are. Um, some examples of that, just with people I've worked with before. Like I will have some people, uh, my friends, my close friend, Steve, I can mention him because if he hears this, he'll laugh. His short-term goal, I had a consultation yesterday outside of Yogi Triathlete, but something I've been working on on my own. Um, his short-term girl goal is to get faster. He's 73 years old. He's been doing Ironman for 20 years. He's still looking to get faster. And so I'm going to be working up some herbal adaptogens for him to help him with his speed. And then um, some of his long-term goals are to stay fast and help his immunity. And he would like to age gracefully. So that's just an example of someone that I've been working with who is an athlete himself. Um, and yeah, we'll be offering some similar things with Yogi Triathlete as well. I'm excited. 
I love it. I love Steve. Steve, come on the team. <laughs> he and I, he and I share a common goal to age gracefully. And I'm, uh, I'm currently working with herbs that I sip on throughout the day that, uh, is helping me do that because I'm 51 and I don't mind looking like I'm 51. I have no desire to look like I'm 30. Um, <laughs> But I also don't have a desire to look like I'm 90 when I'm 51. So I just kind of want to, I feel like I'm on a good place with with the lifestyle and the way I eat. And of course, the mental nutrition is everything because, um, you know, thoughts, thoughts can be poison. But yeah, oh, I love Steve. He's got great goals. And by the time this launches... This is going to launch right now, uh, May 1st, I believe, which is Monday. And that'll be the week that we are taking off to go to Costa Rica for the Pervita Cycling Challenge and then the week retreat in Costa Rica. Um, but also by the time this launches, all this herbal consultation will be up on the site and ready to go. So we're super pumped about that and just incredibly blessed to have you on the team. You're such a perfect addition to this coaching team and, um, bring your energy is amazing. You're an achiever, you're a go-getter, you're confident, you're an amazing coach and we're just super blessed. Um, any final questions, Beach? Yeah. What's as a coach, what's your, what's your ethos? Like, what is your, what do you stand for? What, what, what do you firmly believe in? Like, what are your non-negotiables? Like, what is it about you as a coach? Yeah. Um, when you, when you ask that, you mean me as a coach or ways that I coach my athletes or both? You as a coach, you as a coach. My ethos are for sure. Meditation every day. Um, I just noticed like, a difference that it's made in my life. So I super encourage my athletes to do the same. Um, I'm more present in my training. I am able to complete workouts more efficiently and more thoughtfully and with a deeper love for the sport. Um, so that's definitely huge. Um, nutrition is also a big one. I have a strong, strong belief that what we put into our bodies is what we'll get out in terms of our energy levels, um, how we feel in the morning, waking up. I think nutrition plays a huge part in that. And then to go off of that, I, I talk about herbal adaptions a lot and them supporting the body and reducing stress and all these amazing things. But I think it first starts with the mind and nutrition. I mean, your body is going to be feeling best when you are taking care of it on those levels first. Um, I think herbs are like next level top layer ways to achieve next level performance, but those things absolutely have to come first. Um, and I think all of those things together combined they're almost like a, a holistic training approach. I really think that's what it's about. Um, just, yeah, again, staying aware of the body, knowing when to rest, and digging a little bit deeper into yourself along the way. 
Yeah, I like that. Uh, it is. I mean, this is, we consider you each athlete to be a holistic performance coaching company. And so that's one of the many reasons why you're such a perfect match for it. What do you got on the calendar this year? What's happening? Oh, I got a lot. Um, I'm doing, <laughs> well, to start off for fun, doing a half marathon in two weeks. It's the Philly Love Run. Um, and then I'm signed up for a local Olympic try at the end of May, just to kind of literally get my feet wet, um, go through transition, get re-excited for a summer of sport. Um, and then I'm doing the Eagle Man 70.3 in Cambridge, Maryland. That is the first week of June. And one that I'm super pumped about, they this year launched an Ironman or a half Ironman at Penn State. Um, so I've been checking out the course and that's definitely going to be one of my A races this year. Um, the bike is super hilly, which gets me really excited. I, I love courses. I don't know what it is. I know that they're often avoided, but I feel like hills are my strength just because of where I do train. Um, so I'm super excited for that. And then the run actually ends in Beaver Stadium on the, the football field. Um, so yeah, just, you know, going back to my alma mater, kind of where it all began, um, where I got into endurance running and all of that to, to go back and do a half iron man there is so amazing. I'm very excited. And then I have some races in the fall, but I haven't officially signed up for them yet. Um, the last one I have on my calendar for sure is a 50 K in mid December of this year. Um, yeah, that's it. Where's that? Where's the December 50 K? It's in PA. Yeah, that's, it's, that it's a super risky. <laughs> it's a super local. I'm not going to say the name of it cause it doesn't matter. It's a super local. Like, I don't know the word for it. You know, how ultras just kind of like randomly come together and not that many people run them, but I don't yeah, know if like, like super grassroots. Yeah, cr- grassroots. I was going to say the word janky, but that was that was not it. it grassroots <laughs> is a much better uh, word choice. But yeah, I'm excited to race that one just because running in the woods. Um, the people that I train with now, I have a couple of them signed up as well. So we're going to like dial down triathlon in the fall and then just do this 50K to, to end the season. I love it. And you're planning a West Coast trip. You going to come see us? Yeah. I'm coming end of July into August. Um, I'm going to be working with Liz, who's on the team as well. So I'll be spending time with her and you guys. And I'm so excited to get out there. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, Liz is currently working with BJ, but it sounds like she's going to switch over to you, which is one of the things that I love Mm -hmm. so much about these coaching teams is like that our athletes feel you know, safe and free to have that open communication to say, Hey, you know, I'm going to switch over here. And because she's getting ready for trans Rockies, which is a multi-day running event, which is going to be amazing. Yeah. So cool. Uh, will you be joining us for the grand Canyon? We're doing a team grand Canyon, maybe. Heck yeah. Oh yeah. I'm there. (laughs) That is, I didn't add that to my list of events for the year, but that's, Good. Um, one that I'm super looking forward to. I've never been there. And oh, so cool. Oh my gosh. I've, I've been on the trainer watching all these videos about things to do and things not to do while running rim to rim, like trying to get myself, you know, somewhat prepared. But 
it's going to be gorgeous out there. And I'm yeah. really excited to be with everyone. Good. I'm so excited that you're joining us. And uh, I happen to have a sister who has the most gorgeous home in Sedona that she mm -hmm. is gifting the coaches. So man, we're so psyched. That's going to be like a little coaches retreat and thinking maybe we have a little celebration there with all the athletes, like maybe the next day. And ping pong. We ping pong. Ping -pong oh there. yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. We'll have a ping pong competition. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. So it's going to be the Grand Canyon ping pong competition weekend. <laughs> I'll play Perfect. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Watch out. We're pretty good. Just saying. <laughs> Don't egg us on. We'll take over. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Awesome. <laughs> Melissa, so good to have you on the show. The first of um, more future appearances, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, psyched to have you on the team. You're doing great. You're an amazing coach. Um, so grateful to have you in our lives. And I absolutely adore the way it all unfolded. Thank you guys. It's been an honor. I've been learning so much. Um, extra layer of inspiration for the people I'm coaching and then right back to my training as well. I've been probably never so fired up about the sport, um, how I'm giving back to people and just how everything's been aligned. So I want to thank you both for that. Beautiful. Thanks so much, Melissa. Thank you guys. 